Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Have you ever thought about why we're called believers? I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. The dictionary defines belief as acceptance of a truth or an opinion. We sometimes exchange the word belief with faith or trust. We call ourselves believers, so we thought we would search out exactly what believing means in the Torah and what it should mean to us. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com. Find us at our new website, www.redpilltorah.com, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Deezer, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. We love to hear from you. And if you like Red Pill Torah, hit that like button. If you think your friends could benefit from what you've learned on Red Pill Torah, hit that share button. And if you want to be reminded when our next episode is being downloaded, hit the subscribe button. And we'd like to say hi to our listeners around the world, so a special shout out to our friends in Massachusetts and Connecticut. Amen. So at the time of this podcast, it's Election Day 2020 in the United States of America. The choices being made in this election are really important. The leaders who are chosen will set the direction of our country, our states, and influence the direction of the world. Wherever we live, we are citizens of the kingdom of Jehovah. We must live in a way that pleases him and brings honor to his name. Our Elohim has interests, which he has identified in his word. For example, we know that Israel is near and dear to his heart, both the land and the natural-born people. Because Israel is dear to Elohim, Israel is dear to us. We also know that our lives and are a gift from Elohim, and we are fearfully and wonderfully made by him. For that reason, we cherish the lives of others, regardless of their age, color, economic status, or any other status. Bottom line, we want his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth, just like it is in heaven. That influences the way we vote, too. It sure does. You know, I get the sense that some people are uncomfortable with the idea of voters taking their, quote, religious beliefs into the voting booth. But I guess it's okay if your beliefs are in line with theirs. For us, as believers, we choose to humble ourselves, lifting the name and reputation of Yehovah higher than our own interests. Putting Him first in our lives means that His instructions, however contrary they are to the world, become our way of living. And our way of living, or one could say, our actions, is a reflection of what we believe, which is what this week's podcast is exploring. Mm-hmm. Last week's Torah portion was Lech Lecha, which in Hebrew means to go forth. The reading includes Genesis chapters 12 through 17. Scriptures start off with Jehovah telling Abraham to leave his homeland and to go to a land that Jehovah chose. He told Abraham that he would make him a great nation, that he would do him good, that we, he would make his name known in a positive way by everybody, and much more. Scripture doesn't say that Abraham knew Elohim previously or that he saw him with his physical eyes, yet when Jehovah spoke to Abraham, he believed, and so he went. 
Abraham's actions demonstrated his belief in what Jehovah said. The Hebrew word for believe is aman, which also means firm, supported, or secured. It implies being firm or resolute in one's convictions. In addition, the implication is that one actively supports his or her conviction. They do something based on what they believe. From this same root word, aman, we get the word emet, the Hebrew word for truth, and amen, or as we say in English, amen. It makes sense that these words and concepts should somehow be connected. This week's Torah portion is Va Yara, which means, and he appeared. It begins at Genesis chapter 18 and tells about when Jehovah, accompanied by two angels, appeared to Abraham. At Genesis 22, Jehovah tells Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Starting at verse 1, it reads, After these things, Elohim tested Avraham. He said to him, Avraham. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. Moriah means the place where Yah is seen. There you are to offer him as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will point out to you. Avraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, together with Isaac, his son. He cut the wood for the burnt offering, departed, and went toward the place Elohim had told him about. On the third day, Avraham raised his eyes and saw the place in the distance. Avraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go there, worship, and return to you. Avraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. Then he took his hand, in his hand, the fire and the knife, and they both went on together. Isaac spoke to Avraham, his father, my father. He answered, here I am, my son. He said, I see the fire in the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Avraham replied, Elohim will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And they both went on together. They came to the place Elohim had told him about, and Avraham built the altar there, set the wood in order, bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on the wood. Then Avraham put out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of Jehovah called out to him from heaven, Avraham, Avraham. He answered, Here I am. He said, Don't lay your hand on the boy. Don't do anything to him. For now I know that you are a man who fears Elohim, because you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Avraham raised his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the bushes by its horns. Avraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering in place of his son. Avraham called the place Yehovah Yireh, or Yehovah will see to it, as it is said to this day. On the mountain Yehovah is seen. The angel of Yehovah called to Avraham a second time out of heaven. He said, 
I have sworn by myself, says Jehovah, that because you have done this, because you haven't withheld your son, your only son, I will most certainly bless you, and I will most certainly increase your descendants to as many as there are stars in the sky or grains of sand on the seashore. Your descendants will possess the cities of their enemies, and by your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed, because you obeyed my order. Abraham showed his belief in Jehovah by obeying his instructions, even though they seemed very extreme. Imagine being given a son by Elohim and being told by Elohim to kill him. Abraham is our, mod our model of believing. Contrast what Abraham did with the nation of Israel in Numbers chapters 13 and 14. These chapters document when Israel sent 12 spies to search out the promised land. All of the spies returned with a great assessment of the land. 10 of the 12 expressed doubt about Israel's ability to take the land though. Some time ago, Tim, uh, you were describing this scripture and you said, there are some big dudes in the land. I said that? <laughs> yes. Mm. And so did the spies, although they probably didn't use those exact words. They could have. <laughs> the ten spies' evil report discouraged the people of Israel and caused them to lose faith in the promises of Elohim. That's exactly what happened, Mama. Even after all the miraculous things Yehovah had done, which they had witnessed with their own eyes, they did not even give Yehovah a chance to keep his end of the covenant. Now, I don't mean in any way to be judgmental or critical of the people of Israel. I, too, have doubted the Most High, even after seeing his mighty power. As the story unfolded, we know how much Israel's unbelief angered Elohim. Israel wandered for 40 years until the generation that doubted Elohim's power died off. Everyone, except Moshe and the two spies, who expressed their belief in Elohim. Hebrews 3 refers to the story we just mentioned. It gives a clear message about believing in what Jehovah has said. Starting in verse 12, it says, Watch out, brothers, so that there will not be in any of you an evil heart lacking trust, which could lead you to stray away from the living Elohim. Instead, keep exhorting each other every day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you will become hardened by the deceit of sin. For we have become sharers in the Messiah, provided, however, that we hold firmly to the conviction we began with, right through until the goal is reached. Now, where it says in Scripture, Today, if you hear Elohim's voice, don't harden your heart as you did in the bitter quarrel. Who were these people who, after they heard, quarreled bitterly? It was everyone who Moshe brought out of Egypt. And with whom was Elohim disgusted for 40 years? Those who sinned. Yes, they fell dead in the wilderness. And who was it that he swore that they would not enter his rest? Those who were disobedient. So we see that they were unable to enter because they did not believe. Somehow, many believers have adopted the notion that believing is a mental exercise that is not necessarily connected to our actions. One can claim to be a believer in the Elohim of Israel 
and not live the way he has outlined in his Torah. Now, here at Red Pill Torah, we challenge that notion based on scriptures like James chapter 2. This New Testament scripture reinforces the teachings we find in the Torah. Starting at verse 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone claims to have faith but has no actions to prove it? Is such faith able to save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food, and someone says to him, Shalom, hey, keep warm and eat hearty, without giving him what he needs. What good does it do? Faith by itself, unaccompanied by actions, is dead. But someone will say that you have faith and I have actions. Well, show me this faith of yours without the actions, and I will show you my faith by my actions. You believe that Elohim is one? Good for you. The demons believe it too, and the thought of it makes them shudder with fear. But come on, man. Do you want to be shown that such faith or believing apart from actions is dead? Wasn't Avraham our father declared righteous because of actions when he offered up his son on the altar? You see that his faith, his belief, worked with his actions. By his actions, his faith was made complete. And the passage of the Torah was fulfilled, which says, Avraham had faith in Elohim, and it was credited to his account as righteousness. He was even called Elohim's friend. You see that a person is declared righteous because of actions and not because of believing alone. Likewise, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also declared righteous because of actions when she welcomed the messenger and sent them out by another way? Just as the body without a spirit is dead, so is believing without actions is dead. Amen. So to our listeners, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and rationalize reasons for believing one thing and living another? Or take the red pill and let your actions be evidence of what you believe? Only you can answer that question. If you examine your ways as the Bible instructs us to, your life will be one red pill after another. Don't take the red pills with a judgmental heart, being too hard on yourself. Instead, take the red pill as a loving gift from Avinu Shavashamayim, our Heavenly Father. Receive it as an opportunity to line up your beliefs with His instructions. Well... That's it for today's podcast. Please listen again with a friend. Read over the scriptures. And thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you can handle the truth. truth.